ready to get into it. Me too. <sighs> so, first things first, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Um, just It's just been emotionally a hectic couple of weeks. But other than that, I'm okay, honestly. I'm just, everything is out of my control and I'm just letting it go, you know? So that's what I've yeah. been doing. Just letting go and staying humble and mm. letting COVID do its thing and just chilling. How are you? I am all right. Um, uh, struggling with this whole new cleanse situation. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think I'm losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Being in the house all the time. I mean, are you, are you still going to work? I do some days. Like some days I'm working from home. Some days I'm going into work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just. I don't even. I don't even know. It's so hard. Just like having. It's not like I have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my stability mental, mentally yeah. has been you know in shambles and it's been going on for a while but it's like it's not yeah. getting so it's been hard it's been very hard I try to like do things I've been doing busy work I've been trying to just keep myself preoccupied mm-hmm but yeah, it's not easy. It's not been easy for me. It hasn't been easy. I'm just trying to cope. But overall, I, I mean, I can't complain, I guess. Yeah. You know, I thought like once we get into like the hang of the new normal, things will actually start picking up again. Like you'd start feeling better because you're more settled into this. It's no longer a shock to the system, you know? But now I'm just like, I am getting worse. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I will never be set. This will never be a new normal for me. Yeah. And as the days go on, I'm like, shit, we're in hell. This is getting worse by the day. Sit down and heal and then go back to our normal. I, I'm not here for no, no new normal. Uh, uh, miss me with that it's like I hear people say that and I'm just like I know you're trying to make yourself feel better but this can't be a new normal like do you understand like I don't understand how people can even tolerate that idea I think people are comfortable with the idea of a new normal like if they're in positions of privilege (laughs) like there's nothing cute about this situation unless your life is like you're pretty comfortable. I, I just don't even understand. Like, this is ridiculous. I, I, this can't be a new normal. Not for me. I need us to go back to the way things were. I need them to make a vaccine because I really think, I, I think importantly, I want people to be safe overall. Mm-hmm. They can folks who are privileged, folks who are comfortable, aren't re- it's, it's the underprivileged and deprived for people that are suffering. Mm-hmm. But importantly, I want people to be safe. I want it to be a vaccine, and I think I need people healthy. But this cannot be the new normal. Like, absolutely not. 
I can't see myself living like this for another month, let alone for like the foreseeable future, which is what this is looking like. And yeah. my country and home has opened up everything. And I, yeah, to, as long as people social distance, of course. Churches, mosques, I think clubs are open. Oh no. I think some of the bars are open. The airport will be open, I think, end of the month. Oh, wow. I'm like, I am torn between. It's like, I want things to go back to the way they were. But Mm -hmm. reopening life, like reopening in this way in the middle of a pandemic is not what I want people to go back to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, I'm really torn between, you know, wanting to hang out with folks again, wanting to go out. Like wanting to do the usual fun stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, not this way. Yeah. Well, for us, it's like well, industries are opening up and everything. And I was in town the other day, and it was just like very busy. And I was like, oh, interesting. But um, in terms of like travel, that is still like well, outside travel. Is still restricted and everything and they're not sure when they're going to open the borders and everything which is why i have to continue with online learning because there's no way out of my country and out of this continent to go back to school and stuff um so yeah like are we doing enough i don't think so not at all but i don't know i don't even know i'm just happy we're testing more people well, that's the thing. I don't, I have been trying to follow up as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll tell like the news back home and testing back home. And I, unless, I don't even know how to say this. Unless somehow we, the numbers are suspiciously low. Mm-hmm. I, realistically speaking, like the capital is very late, it's highly congested. Mm-hmm. And like, even just the common cold, we know how fast that shit spreads. Yeah. I we know how fast it spreads. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now, girl. <laughs> I try, I really try. It's like, this is very contagious. And I, I don't know how well we've been quarantining people. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's an explanation out there and I just don't know. But the numbers just seem suspiciously low. Because I am I'm aware that people kind of are going about life, you know, as usual, business as yeah. usual. So I don't know if somehow there's some sort of immunity, natural mm-hmm. immunity. I don't know if folks have been covering up you know, protecting the, the mask when they're out there having drinks in the bars. Not sure. I don't know if people have just been social distancing so well that our numbers are that low. Yeah. Because people have, even with the lockdown, people have been having private parties. Like, I know that's happening. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know... We can get into the morals of that later. It's another discussion. 
I know folks have been trying or at least attempting to go about life business as usual. Yeah. So I don't know how we manage those numbers down that way. You know, it's like the other day was just five new cases. And I'm like, are we testing enough people? Are we reporting the correct numbers? Like five cases a day. I was telling a friend that I would be very suspicious if our numbers were low. That wouldn't make sense to me. And I understand how scary it is to see like the numbers increasing. But for me, it's like somewhat comforting. It's like, okay, it is. Like, I'm guessing tests are being done, you know? And we're exactly. tracking who has it. Like if you were telling me five people were contacting in a day, I'd be like, hell no. Like that doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. Our public transportation even. Like yeah. here, you can do the whole, I mean, Saratoga is in that densely populated. There's barely anyone in the buses. You're yeah. alone in the taxi. I mean, with the exception of the taxi driver. But yeah. it's like, that's not what we have back home. Exactly. And it's like increasing num- like this disease isn't necessarily a death sentence and we don't have a cure necessarily but it can be treated and it's like the focus should be getting accurate numbers because accurate numbers will tell us will let us know as a people what we're dealing with because i don't know like that i i would now I would understand why folks just do whatever they want to do Mm-hmm. Because it's like with five cases a day, it, it is, is it really a threat? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, it's almost over now, which, which would, I, that I understand. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, I am not accusing anyone of reporting the wrong numbers. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I am highly suspicious if we're having five cases a day when it didn't even seem like we reached our peak. Because, yeah epidemics or pandemics peak and they go down i don't know when we reached our peak i don't know if we're coming off of that peak i don't know if we're having multiple peaks yeah so i just don't know but i'm just like i'm so worried for people particularly i'm worried for my people because i know the majority of them yeah i i don't know i'm really just hoping god pulls through at this point to be quite honest Yo, and ice regulations. That's what I was <laughs> everyone this week. My friend tweeted. My friend tweeted he was like ice was like catch COVID or catch a flight. I saw that tweet. I did. <laughs> you know what? And Y'all, you know I saw it coming. I genuinely saw it coming. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> ICE will keep us in their country. Like, they'll be like, get the hell out. So, for everyone who's unfamiliar with who ICE is, um, ICE is basically the immigration, um, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and they basically oversee immigration, right? And they're super notorious for deportations and a lot of targeting of undocumented immigrants in the United States, and, you know, the whole um, camps where they've been putting children and women and they it's a very violent institution, so to speak. And um, basically what they said to international students was that if your school is going fully online um, for this coming semester, which most schools are doing or at least doing like a hybrid model, which is like 
some classes are online, some classes are in person. Um, but if, as an international student, your school is fully online, then you cannot stay in the United States. Basically, um, if you do, you'll be deported. You cannot be there legally if your school is entirely online, which means um, go to class and catch some COVID or leave the country, which is very, which is such a huge problem because um, a lot of international students are stuck in the US, right, since March. And now you're saying if their schools are going online, which is something that's totally outside of our control, um, we have to leave. But also there's like a whole lot of travel bans and everything. People cannot return to their home countries, right? And even if they did, it's like, do you have the proper facilities in your home country to be able to continue with your online education? It's just a lot, right? But I said, get it, like leave. And also because some international students are already out of the country. It's just, these regulations are a lot. But anyway, that's what I said. They said catch COVID or catch a flight, essentially. Yeah. And I was like, ha. It's definitely a tricky thing. Because it's also a thing of where, for a fact, people who've already left, would find mm-hmm. it difficult mm-hmm. even with because i know certain universities are challenging the decision yeah and like lawsuits are like springing up yeah everywhere. i don't know how fast those lawsuits will be re- resolved yeah i don't yeah i think it's just the thing at this point it's just the thing of just being like okay we condemn what i did that's what i'm saying because it's like school starts in a month yeah there's no time to be going back and forth and forth. And and court. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I am not a law person. And I really, I I guess I'm happy that these decisions are being challenged. But it's like, Mm -hmm. how quickly is it going to be resolved for it not to have some direct consequences for international students? School starts in a month. Exactly. If you don't get to a resolution in a month's time, people will have to leave. If the university universities are not making decisions on their own to either adopt a hybrid model mm-hmm. or some have the international students stay it's like how quickly will we get to the point where this decision will be overturned and students will be allowed to stay exactly because harvard has says they've said that harvard going, is mad <laughs> university yo i but I think one of the newspapers I saw was Harvard and MIT are challenging this. But it's like Harvard, for example, you are going completely remote yeah. for the upcoming academic year, which, honestly speaking, I can see some sense into that. Mm-hmm. Cases don't seem to be going down here. Like, it's like, exactly. Like, you know, I can understand why they would not want to reopen. Yeah. And I... So, sadly, I, I, I felt like I liked the decision, but it's like... I support it, honestly. To be honest, it's like college campuses are literally the perfect breeding sites for germs and bacteria. Girl. As contagious as this. Kids, kids, y'all not... Folks aren't washing their hands in these spaces. Like, let's be real. Folks aren't bathing. College so. campuses are the most hygienic. That's not mm-hmm. even fun. So, like, I, I think for health and safety and well-being of their students, I, I definitely agree with their decision. I, I sort of support that decision. However, mm-hmm. now what does that mean for the international students? Do you have to 
to leave or exactly and even though the school itself is challenging this um, court, but it's like, again, how quickly will we have this overturned for your students to stay mm-hmm. in a month's time? Like this is like, and that's the thing as well. The time the announcement was made to yeah. the start of the year is so short. Exactly. Even if like lawsuits aren't resolved in, in, in a month or in weeks. In weeks, I, yeah. Maybe there's something different about this one, but I, I don't know. I really hope they resolve it. I think Skidmore is having a hybrid model or something. I don't know what yeah, Skidmore, Skidmore is. has a hybrid model. And they had announced it before the ICE thing, right? So it was like, oh, okay. It, it, I, I don't know how many people will be affected by it. But the that, only yeah. issue with like the hybrid model is that if by any means... Mm-hmm. halfway through the semester we have to shut down and go completely online then students will have to be deported yeah and, and i see a- that happening i genuinely see that happening that halfway and- through the semester like the numbers will increase and like teachers and people will have contacts to the virus and then schools will have to shut down oh. Well, I don't know, because even with the hybrid model, as you say, and that's the other thing, if you leave, if as international students you leave, I don't know, maybe it's like it'd be easier for you to come back as opposed to getting deported. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot for students to like figure out. And I, I only feel for you guys because thankfully I've graduated, but I can't, I can only this was supposed to be a fun start to senior year, but there's nothing fun about the pandemic, which is why I just, honestly, I say, like, I was, I didn't want the stress of trying to figure out how I'm even supposed to leave the country. Well, I tried, and they were like, sis, there's no flights leaving. If you yeah. were saying you were stuck in the U.S. and you needed to be repatriated, That's we could thing. have a discussion. But yeah. you leaving the country to go to the US, none of that is happening. So, and it's not going to happen. And they were even like, they were like, you can contact South Africa. And I don't think South Africa is opening their borders anytime soon or Mozambique and try to leave the country that way. And, but I, they were just like, nah, girl, that's not a thing that's happening. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just <laughs> sit my ass at home. <laughs> because I feel like it's definitely complex like different like students may or may not have like the proper internet connection back home Mm -hmm. and like time zones as well like studying remotely yeah that's that's what I'm gonna have to deal with like internet and time zones I honestly wouldn't think if I was still a student I would voluntarily move back to this campus in the middle of the pandemic I would say that for myself I don't think I would voluntarily yeah yeah. Not. Mm-mm. No. And I don't but know if with the hybrid model. Will we, they, are they trying to have full capacity on campus or? Yeah, they're uh, trying to get most students back, if not all. And I was like ambitious, but like I've, con- I've contact. I told. I told international student office i told them i was like i'm not coming back and they're like we understand whatever whatever i told my advice i was like girl i'm not coming back 
and she was like okay cool we understand that and i was like just it's crazy that you want everyone and i don't know because i don't think you're the only one in this because i would assume, i would also think students in certain parts of europe can also come over here mm-hmm. because i know europe hasn't opened its borders yet i mean some countries definitely haven't and that's my worry now it's like if some european borders aren't open to the U.S. anytime soon, I may be stuck here or maybe try to get another ticket that would take me directly either to Ghana or to Kenya and then from there I go home. Oh, I see. Yes, but that's also like another three grand that I'm looking at and it's like, I just don't have three grand lying around, you know? Mm. Get a new ticket and go home. So like, right now, I really need either France or Belgium or the Netherlands to open their to borders. To open their borders. <laughs> because this country, what Europe has seen hell in this pandemic, and I really don't think they will just open up their borders if they still think they're at risk of importing new cases. And America, I, I don't know why our cases, our numbers aren't coming down. It's like if our numbers don't come down, I am afraid. Europe might not open its borders to us because they're flying elsewhere. They're just not flying here. Yeah. Girl, I am out here keeping up with numbers. I'm just like, oh. It is crazy. When have we ever thought we'd see a world with closed borders? And I'm just like, I need your. I mean, it's not the first time that I'm dealing with this. Like, the Ebola pandemic, epidemic, rather. Mm. It was it was hell. Like leaving or coming home. There were no yeah. flights back basically, except for I think Rowe and Morocco and Brussels. It was pretty much I think it was literally just those two airlines that were coming. Everybody else cancelled. Um it was really hard. Like you would have to like coming to I remember I had to go to Ghana during that time. Mm-hmm. I had to fly all the way to North Africa. Imagine a direct flight to Ghana would have been what? an hour 45 minutes or something like that, three hours, I don't know. But I had to fly all the way to North Africa and then back down to West Africa. Because, oh, girl, it was so hectic to get out of the country those times. So it's like, I am familiar with border closing. (laughs) Closing, you know, like shut down borders. Because everybody and their mama shut down the borders to us during that epidemic. And I'm just like... That's you know what I, I was about to be petty, but I won't. But <laughs> be petty, girl. Safe space. Because <laughs> it's like maybe if so they were as rash and shutting down the borders now. Maybe we would not have been where we are today. But you know what? Here's what it is. Epidemics don't know borders. They don't know race. As they say, I love what it. Epidemic. The epidemic. I I don't understand how they what's like they don't see borders and they don't see race or color they have the thing they say covid doesn't know borders covid doesn't yeah. know class and i'm like look at you it just humbles everybody honestly but it's like i really hope this board is open girl i need to go home i need to get out so um on top of everything that's like been happening with ice and all of that um there have been a lot of very interesting and very fascinating discussions that have been happening over the past couple of weeks and one of them 
being um, the one about Black Lives Matter and how um, Africans are in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States whilst ignoring the importance of Black life back home and basically condoning so much of the violence that is happening towards Black bodies this side, right? And also there was this like kind of part of that was this discussion that Americans don't even see us, you know, like, well, African-Americans in terms of they don't even know what's happening this side, you know, and they are not in solidarity with our movements. So why are we so quick to be to show solidarity to theirs, which I thought was such a fascinating discussion. And I don't know. Any thoughts? see you raising so yes so there's that one where you're saying african-americans aren't so my question is are they even aware are african-americans aware of the issues in the continent i think they're not and that is the problem right and that you think black life is only important in the u.s kind of thing you don't you don't see beyond the united states and therefore you can't you can't support something that you don't know right or you can't defend something you think you're better than oh hectic (laughs) tea No. <laughs> your shady boots but okay hmm. oh no, i'm not trying to of it be... that way <laughs> i'm not trying to be shady but a wise person once said you don't defend something you think you're better than and could it be in this case so one i do think they're not aware i think it's highly likely that they're not aware of the current issues that do affect um, black lives in the African continent, one. And I think another thing people fail to, well, I don't know if they fail to, to realize it or they just push it to the side mm-hmm. when they discuss racism mm-hmm. is that racism isn't only endemic to the United States. Mm-hmm. When we're looking at violence within white supremacy, violence against black people within white supremacy, um, mm-hmm within, uh, I guess, a patriarchal society, if you would say, because then when we would have to, these um, discourses tend to be gendered as well. Um, it, it is not only endemic to this country. White supremacy, I mean, the manifestations across oh, the globe yeah. are different, but the, globe, the white supremacist machine is global. Mm-hmm. Like the like the African the African continent as a whole is also disenfranchised not mm-hmm. saying we don't have and because also it's a thing of where people always point to like the corrupt leaders it's our leadership that is the issue we're fine. it's the leadership you change the leadership you you're fine sort of thing yeah. and it's like you know, leaders are a problem we're not denying that. but we're not going to say largely the reason why we we are where we are right now with this sort of economic disenfranchisement and all these other things, when like the poverty, sort of lack of social security for anyone, you know, just a lack of even infrastructure. Let's not even go into social security, just such not, 
the fucked up shit, as you say, because yeah. there's so many of them, depending on where you're from. Some countries are better than others with, of course, um, sort of good leadership. But um, it's also tied to one, you, we can't divorce sort of our situation from U.S. imperialism. Mm-hmm. We can't divorce it entirely from colonialism. I mean, colonial, sort of the legacy is still ongoing. The violence is still ongoing in present day. As mm-hmm. we were saying, there are still conflicts currently that as a direct result of the Berlin sort of um, borders. I call them the Berlin borders, but there's a word. Like, the, you know, like the borders that we have today. The Berlin Conference. That's the one. (laughs) But yeah, so it's like, we cannot divorce our present day reality, which isn't always bright and sunny, as you rightfully said when you started this. Mm -hmm. But all these things, all tied in some shape or form to global white supremacy. Exactly. So it's like when we're here, when we're, Protest, and that's why I support the Black Lives Movement because I'm not only thinking of African Americans within the U.S., but I'm thinking of yeah. Black Africans within the African continent also impacted by this. Yeah, and it's you know like popular when we're looking at the news, we're always hearing of like the bleaching epidemic mm-hmm. and all things that are a direct consequence of exactly and how that harms black and brown people in the continent, particularly black and brown women. So it's like when I, I'm, when I support Black Lives Matter movement, when I'm supporting, you know, all um, black activism, when I'm supporting black feminism, I'm only thinking of like African-Americans here. As an African, I'm thinking of my people as well. Mm-hmm. I think, I, yeah. Sorry, I think that was like part of the conversation that was missing was the idea that like people thought this was Black Lives Matter is synonymous to the US, right? And it's like, no, we should be looking at what Black Lives Matter means for us. And we could all be in solidarity for like global Black Lives Matter kind of movement. And obviously it will not look the same as the thing that's happening in the US because it's different contexts. But we should also be investigating like our own saying, why are you supporting Black Lives Matter when you could be supporting something that is here at home kind of thing. And it's like, I'm supporting Black Lives Matter because it does like impact me, but also it begs the question as to what do we need to do overall, like everywhere? you know, as people to break from that, the systematic oppression, because it affects us no matter where we are in the globe. And it affects us differently depending on like the space that we occupy. But overall, this is like a movement of solidarity and like black people are oppressed everywhere in the world, you know? But that's the thing I also wanted to say. I think this is something I would want to ask sort of activists who... Well, I would want to see people like Josie or for Harriet sort of address mm-hmm. from an African-American perspective and maybe interview someone who is either a founder or a prominent figure or someone who's been prominent in like the founding of Black Lives Matter. Because I, really I really want to know 
or I guess understand sort of when they when they started. So I guess uh, so I'm guessing when they started Black Lives Movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, their focus is on the U.S. context, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like when we, as Africans, as outsiders who want to engage with this, I think you're correct in saying we would have to figure out a way in engaging with the movement that addresses our concerns back home, which could be different to what has been faced here. Like our, our, the way we would engage with that, either the hashtag or the movement could potentially be different, mm-hmm. depending on where you are. But I, I don't necessarily think that when the Black Lives Matter movement was created, they thought of Black lives all over the globe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so which I, is why I think there's like that feeling that the energy is not reciprocated where when like everyone around the world started being in support of the black lives matter movement people were like no like they don't support us in the same ways that we are supporting them you know what i mean it even like when the au um denounced the killing of like george floyd africans were like why are you (laughs) How do you speak on that when you don't denounce xenophobic attacks, you don't denounce tribalism, you don't denounce rape against women? Now I am cussing. Look at you making me cuss. (laughs) Also a thing of when a group of people back home did a small protest for George Floyd. Mm. One of the criticisms I heard of that protest was, how are you protesting injustice of Black lives in the U.S. when you have not once protested the injustices Black lives face in your own backyard? Mm -hmm. Which is honestly a valid and fair criticism because the folks who organized that march I may just not be in touch with what is going back home, but I am yet to see them or to have seen them do a protest for what we're facing back home. Exactly. So I, it's, it's arguments that I've heard. And it's like, I, it's not saying we shouldn't be in solidarity, but I do hear folks who feel like that energy isn't reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And also when people would try to, because, I do. I I don't know if folks here just think, oh, it's their problem, sort of. Like, whatever we're going through in the court, it's like, why should they? I I I've seen some people tweet like that. I don't know if the you know the majority of African Americans think that way. Of whether you know, it's like, oh, it's their problem. Why can't you all march for your own problems? Yeah. And, this actually they tweeted this to us the tweet i sent you remember that tweet that i was like girl the the african girl monkey who called us yes no no she was the one who was like why aren't you going to the streets (laughs) oh yeah as if they were the only ones that have started protesting and it's like do you know how many times this year alone south africans have protested nigerians have protested out in the streets do you know how many times this year Africans have taken to the streets to protest? Ignorant as hell. And I don't want to think 
that the majority of African Americans in this country would think that way. And it's honestly sad. It's honestly so sad. And someone, and then the other dude was just like, oh, and that's all honestly what pisses me off. Cause like this sentiment, honestly, I have seen, it is just too common for it to not be, and I don't want to say most African-Americans think that way, but it is just such, it's too common of a sentiment to just push aside when they would either talk about, they talk about sort of like the structural violence. It all ties mm-hmm. down back to African face, black eyes face on the continent, because someone made a reference to internet connection, poor internet connection back home. And I have seen where people were like, oh, when, you know, when Trump became president and they were like, oh, we will go back to Africa, whatever sort of thing that movement is that they call, it is actually an actual movement, mm-hmm. historical movement, like back to Africa movement or something. But quite recently when Trump won, people were like echoing the same thing. Yeah. It was honestly very offensive statements that they made. Like, where would you get, basically just again, commenting on the violence we face back home, whether it's as a direct lead, um, whether as a consequence of like our political leadership or whatever it is we're facing back home. And I am just like, how is it? You know, I think if we're going to tie this back to the Beyonce and all the conversations we've had, I think we owe it to each other, Africans, American, African Americans, to engage with each other's culture responsibly. So speaking of Twitter, Mm-hmm. And I am sure you have seen the Beyonce, Beyonce, who girl, Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not even drunk. I'm not drinking nothing. That time I'm the one who is within today. <laughs> yes, continue. Okay. Sorry. Um, Beyonce's film trailer. Yeah. I think the film is called Black is King. I don't know when it would be released. Was it this month? I think it's end of this month, no? Yeah, I think. Where's my phone? I think end of this month, to be honest. Yeah. And then... Yeah, so of course, when the trailer was released, um, folks, some people liked it. Well, the majority, I guess, liked it. And some people had things to say about it. And um, oh, I must also add that the film is going to be on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Let me forget, Disney+, Plus isn't available in the continent of Africa. And I think that fact will become relevant as we go on with the conversation. Also, Disney, (laughs) another fact that would become relevant, Disney trademarked a Swahili phrase. Yeah, Hakuna Matata. (laughs) As what people would say. (laughs) Disney trademarked that phrase. So yes, those two things. And the movie, I guess the film, is supposed to be celebrating blackness, Africanness. It's a take on what is it a take on? You know what? See, I think you need to help me here. Because I looked at that. Oh, there was a tweet. I, I'm paraphrasing this. That said, um, they're tired of Beyonce using Africa as a trope. 
right? Okay. And then I was like, you know what? Yes. You know, especially when Beyonce doesn't even, when she's doing the touring things, she doesn't include Africa. And Mm -hmm. it's like, there's just this habit of, I think there's just this weird way in which Africans born outside of the continent love to interact with the continent just taking the parts of the continent that feel that they feel like suit their narrative right and not necessarily focusing on the continent as a whole and i think that's where people's um critique of beyonce comes from Mm-hmm. And then there's the, also the other side that's like, no, Beyonce celebrate. I saw actually um, her mom. Hey, her mom ah. posted. <laughs> <laughs> Tina. Hey, what a hun. She posted um, a defense um, post, yeah. Instagram post, defending her daughter and just saying that, like, no, Beyonce appreciates and loves and does so much for the Black community. And um, she feels like it's disrespect that like people are coming for Beyonce and this movie because she's done so much to elevate Black voices and African voices. She's constantly hiring Africans and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that could be true. But it also could be true that she's using Africa as a trope. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the two could be true like yeah those those two things can exist also because beyonce is a capitalist and she does everything for profit so those two things can exist and i think people fail to realize that those two things can exist and that they want like you say you coming for beyonce is seen as or us coming for beyonce is always seen as we are like canceling out all the good things that she's done it's like, okay, cool, the good things are there, but there's still these other parts that we can still criticize about you kind yeah. of thing. And that's just like my stance on it. Yeah, um, I think, so I think honestly, we're both, oh, sorry. Oof. So I think we're both, somewhat on the same page on this Mm -hmm. one i think people have to get out stamp culture is is starting to get hella problematic it is (laughs) it really is people have to start start getting out of this idea that our faves are beyond beyond critique. critique exactly it's like we all lo- like the the nuances to life. We're all life isn't just black and white. Like we all exactly. have toxic, and it's also this thing of this person is toxic and this isn't. There are folks that are downright toxic, yeah. but it's like we all have toxic traits. Exactly. We may or may not be proud of them. We may or may not be working on them. But it's just like we're not always all good all the time, depending on what your definition of good is. Mm-hmm. Beyonce isn't beyond critique. Not exactly. as a performer, not as a person, not as a capitalist. Exactly. Nevertheless, a black capitalist, as they like to say, as if black makes a difference. A exactly. Capitalist. A capitalist right. is a capitalist. Same thing. Black capitalism helps, same as capitalism. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
she is like she isn't beyond critique and people critiquing the film isn't them disregarding her or undermining her work exactly no one she is if not the greatest one of the greatest performers of all time no one is taking anything away from her but when people of such influence like she has of that power and that status and you see you saw the video i shared with you like the bell hooks commentary and sort mm-hmm. of the, um, uh, everyone's sort of uh, how or why everyone's enamored by her but yeah. it's also where it's like she has so much power so much influence and so much money her making a film that is largely misre- a misrepresentation of present-day African culture or mm-hmm. this sort of a almost like an ahistorical yes ahistorical continent that they've sort of imagined exactly the Wakanda you know and it's like that is I don't want to say dangerous because that might be an exaggeration and also it's the fact that like you present that as history you present that as your ancestral land yes and everything and it's like it it isn't that is not your ancestral land that's like uh something of your imagination you know Yeah, and it is and dangerous, it, and it is. It's like it's a problem, and she has so much power and so much influence that those qualities alone warrants us critiquing her, not because we're jealous, mm-hmm. not because we're haters, mm-hmm. <laughs> but because her words and you know, like her words, her art carries mm-hmm. so much power. That it need not it. Ugh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. It's just Ooh. the thing of like. Let me gather my thoughts. I'll come back to that point because it's a yeah. thing of. Yeah, and I think I was. Like, I was saying all this to say she isn't beyond critique, and we must definitely critique her because one, she does present herself as an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's ever called herself a feminist, but. Mm-hmm. people sort of associate her art with black feminism i actually have a question about <laughs> um maybe i'll reserve this for a bit later but um I, my point i wanted to just make the point that like she isn't beyond critique and also there's this idea that as black people we cannot critique black success, successful people you know what i mean and that's mm-hmm. seen as as being anti their success where it's Hmm. like no i'm critiquing you like it's like the thing of like if you love someone you tell them the truth no matter how you know like if they ask for your opinion on something or if you consume anything that they say you give them your honest opinion of it and there's this idea that like once a black person becomes successful we shouldn't criticize them or in as otherwise we look like we are hating on their success and not trying to make them better because i oh. think part of the critique for beyonce is trying to make her a conscious person like sis the way that you're engaging with the continent could be seen as a bit problematic because all you ever do is glorifying 
the things that you want to glorify, the things that fit your narrative. Whereas you could be engaging with the whole picture and sharing light on the whole truth about the continent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so and I also think that, sorry, just to finish yeah. off, that like, there's this, even us as Africans, sometimes we have this tendency of when we speak about the continent, we speak from a very like, it's all bright and beautiful because mm-hmm. so much of our history is like negative. We try to, when we try to speak about it, we try to speak about it in such a huge positive light um, because we're trying to correct the stereotypes and trying to move away from the stereotypes that we've been painted as, which is not a bad thing. But it's also, when, once we get into the habit of super doing that, we stray away from the truth. And the truth is that there's some fucked up shit that happens. It's not all good. It's not all rosy. And the good things and the bad things exist. And we should talk about them equally, like, kind of thing. Yeah. um, So, like, what you just mentioned. So, I would address, so your first point. Mm -hmm. When you say, um, it's like when a Black person makes it, it's like we can't criticize them because it's like we're against a success or something along the lines of that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And so I watched a YouTube video. And for the life of me at this point, I can't remember if it's for Harriet or Julesy. But I know it's one of them who mm-hmm. made a video on Bill Cosby. Now, I must say this. In no way, in absolutely no way, am I comparing Bill Cosby to Beyonce. hmm not in any universe, in any way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, in no way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, on that pod, on her YouTube video where they were talking about Bill Cosby and why, no, is it R. Kelly and why folks are so, well, all of them, you know, the pedos and the alleged yeah. pedos and stuff. Is it alleged anymore or have they been convicted? They've convicted. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. I have to be careful out here. No, but yeah, in my court, they have been. <laughs> so they're saying how the black community as a whole doesn't want to sort of critique these men because there's not many of them in the community. Oh, yeah. I've heard that argument before. Yeah, so something along the lines of that, it's like within the majority, white folks, mm-hmm. you can have not you can have, there are many, many, um, what is that? Many successful, powerful, all what, all what, all that stuff they have. But within black communities, there's just a select few. So it is really hard as a community to criticize these people because it's like, well, they're the only ones we have. Like you cannot- Who else are we going to look up to? Yeah, who else is who else is of that status as like the Bill Cosby's? And there are how many? I don't want to say how many Bill Cosby's you have because when I call his name, I just think of a crime. And <laughs> like literally, when I said the Bill Cosby's, I'm literally thinking of the crimes mm-hmm. and the you know, it's like I'm not thinking of the actor here. But it's like I, I yeah, I was I just wanted to say that that could be related to what you're saying, where it's like yeah. how many people do you have? 
there's only, you know, like, whereas white people have so many, many popular, I mean, there's only one single Beyonce, let's be honest, but it's like, That's true. we don't have that many successful, I guess. Yeah. Uh, people in the black community as you would within, as you would find among the majority. So people struggle with criticizing those who they deem successful within the black community. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. finish. Oh, no, no, you can interject because I was just going to go to the other point you made. Oh, I was just going to say that, like, I think the issue is that we also see criticizing people as a negative, and it genuinely isn't always a negative thing. Like, yeah. we should also just learn to take criticism because sometimes it is, you could learn something from that. But yes, mm-hmm. continue. Yeah, and um, so I guess everyone, the main, one of the main counter arguments to some of us who don't like the film, even though I haven't mm-hmm. seen the film, but like from the trailer, I know where we're going with this, and I don't yeah. like it. And so I think one of the counters to that is that she is painting. So what you're actually saying and what us as Africans also engage in when we move away from the continent, sort of trying to counter stereotypes and counter um all this negative history that we're like not surrounded by or yeah. like pain. and um how at least she is so one of the counters is that she is presenting or showing an africa that is showing africa in a positive light simply put. um we all, uh, someone tweeted about um, Africans always complaining that Africa, like the continent has only been shown um, or portrayed in a negative light and in stereotypes. And it's like, this is also a stereotype. It is. Like, imagined motherland she's drawing into. Yeah. Place, so it, it, it may not she... be. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, babe. Continue. Oh, sorry. no, we haven't. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, it shows that you don't even want to engage with the real Africa. So you've yeah. created your own imagined world to try counter this argument. So, like, you are countering with something that's not even real. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, even though we're trying to show all these positives that are in the continent, and sort of like countering stereotypes that we live in trees or we sleep alongside zebras and things like that. It's like, we also don't want to paint lies. We also don't want to engage in sort of this deceitful portrayal of what is actually happening in the continent. And like sensationalizing it. Yes. It's not always bright and sunny. There are many layers to being African, to being our respective nationalities, our respective mm-hmm. identities. But it's not always positive. Like, I love my home country. I don't see myself living anywhere else or settling down anywhere else besides my home country. I mm-hmm. love that place. However, it's a shithole, if I should say. So much injustice, so much corrupt, you know, it's, yeah. in your words, fucked up shit happens there. People are impoverished. Uh, Leaders continuously, time and time again, fill the general population. So it's like, 
it is easy, I guess, for people to have, to sort of imagine this continent, imagine this. And it's like, can we even just speak of like tribal, like folks act to see if we're all just out here, all handy, like tribal politics. It's like, we're yeah. not all out here just mixing and matching and mingling. It's like, well, quite, I mean, depending on where you're from, like my home country is pretty tolerant, yes. But there's also, you know, like tribal tensions, yeah. particularly when it comes to politics and power. And to sort of just mix and match, and God, like the, the feathers and the, the, the um, face paint. Exactly. And I'm just like... It's like, do you guys know that we don't wake up and paint our faces and wear animal skin every single day is that like what you think happens all the fucking time and that's also another thing like you take these different cultures like what Beyonce did in that video that short snippet that I saw was that she mixed and matched different like I guess tribal traditions and I like identities into like one thing and it's like you take them out of their context and you yeah. put them in a different environment and you expect them to mean something. And it's like, you then present it to an audience outside of that. Even the fact that like, this whole movie is on Disney Plus and we don't have Disney Plus in Africa. So you're basically selling an image of Africa to other people. Like you've already created your target audience, which is not African. So and that's, you basically have no control over the story that you're telling and portraying to the outside world. Yep. And that's also my issue with it. And it's like people are always talking about the privilege Africans have of knowing their generations and tracing back, back, you know, like, um, what is it? Like going back generational lines. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how far back you think some of us can go. <laughs> As if colonialism didn't erase our history. Girl, it's like borders were created. Kingships and clans were split and severed. Folks have been fighting ever since in certain parts of the continent because of these bloody borders. Exactly. It's like how handy, happy dandy you think folks in the continent are. And I'm actually, and I am so torn. I don't know if I should see the full film or not because seeing the full film would be supporting Honestly, Disney, since they trademark, they haven't been. I don't have a Disney Plus account. I don't vibe with Disney anymore. Since they trademarked, like, you cannot possibly think. Yeah. And I don't understand how someone's language that is so intricately tied to their identity and how they come to know themselves is, like, now trademarked Disney. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand, you know? Lion, because of the Lion King, you don't think you can trademark it's the ghetto but it's also a thing of where people forget or African Americans sometimes forget and I'm not saying this to sort of like it's not erasing erasing or trying to say they're not struggling here or anything along the lines of that this country has its problems from living here for a few years oh it has its problems but it's like the U.S. is a global hegemony like how are we forgetting that mm-hmm. It's like, how are we forgetting the power dynamics here? I know, like, how all of a sudden when we're critiquing Beyonce or critiquing sort of dominant, portray- dominant um, uh, portrayals of the continent, 
involving like the US and mass media and all of that. And folks are just like, yeah, um, it brings people closer to the continent, African-Americans closer to the continent, or it's in no way, it's, it isn't problematic because it's not that harmful. It's just the film that is like embracing African culture. And it's just like, are we all forgetting the way the world, the world works? I mean, I am not a, I am not a, what is it? An expert yeah. in global politics or global econo- economics or whatever it is they call it, international politics or whatever the hell that is. But it's like the U.S. is still a global hegemony and that much I know. And that alone, that alone does not make this sort of argument sort of, it doesn't level the playing field as people say. And also another um, sort of counter that I've seen come up is that while she's hiring Africans and Black Mm. folk to produce these films. And I'm just like, yes, Africans can, can engage in portrayals and representations of the continent that are problematic because yeah. I produced this doesn't mean it's beyond critique from other fellow Africans. That is the chat. Nobody is beyond critique. No one is. And it's like, yes, Africans can produce um, art, can produce films that are like, then these African producers or directors or whoever it is, that are working on these productions aren't working in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. They're still working as part of the, what is it called, the Hollywood machine? What is it that people call Hollywood as? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, Africans, yes, they're securing their bag, kudos to them, but it doesn't mean that their production isn't problematic or their production isn't harmful or their production yeah. doesn't, you know, sort of re- relay harmful stereotypes or this present this a historical Africa that it doesn't like what's the purpose yeah I don't know you know beneficial such portrayals are in the long run mm-hmm. and it's like what's the purpose like what are we trying to what are we trying to achieve so like I'm actually torn I don't know if I should see the full film because I don't want to support Disney and I don't want to support such film and it's also folks always want to have images of Af- like positive why aren't y'all watching nollywood why aren't y'all supporting nollywood if you're so keen if you're exactly. so keen, like the people ghana i think has i don't know what theirs is called but they have films nigerians have films you, wa- you only wanted from beyonce why yeah there are films all over about present day africa but there's also this idea that pre-colonial africa was this utopia Exactly. You remember, I saw this tweet that was like, you guys always think your great-grandfathers were kings and queens. No, they're not. Some of them were peasants. Some of them were thieves. Like, the nuances. Like, like, in what monarchy does everyone get to be a king and a queen? Exactly. (laughs) Most of us are just ordinary people. There's one king here and one king there. You can't have... Everybody be kings. Where do you guys think you come from? Granted, they had multiple. And also, in what world are members of any form of royal family or any kind of monarchy sold into slavery? Bro. I mean, they're captured by like what uh, enemy kingdoms and then sold off. But it's very rare 
that people in positions of power are sold off to slavery. Exactly. They're the ones doing the selling. Getting rid of like the war captives, getting rid of, I mean, after a point, like folks started stealing, like the, um, what is it? The slave masters started kidnapping folks. Mm-hmm. But at the time when they had started, you know, when it was all, what is this thing called? When they were trying to come off as, uh, is it civilized? Is it what they used? But yeah. it's just a world with the kings and queens. These, like we don't all, we don't have to be kings and queens. We don't always have to be excellent. I am honestly so sick of this other thing, like black excellence. Black exactly. It's, it, we don't have to be excellent to deserve like proper humanity. Like for you to empathize about the fact that we're just mere humans we literally do not have to be in positions of power for you to see us as deserving you know of any form of humanity it's like yes i celebrate black excellence yes we are excellent in very many forms we can be all these things but we can also still be mediocre love it we can be all these things and still be mediocre we can be all these things and still be bigger I like not all skin folks are kin folks. Exactly. Like, I, I embrace this idea of like portraying us in, in you know, because I think it all comes back like trying to counter stereotypes. Yeah. Stereotypes they either have of Africans or African Americans, like Black people in general, or it's elsewhere. I understand that, but it's like we can't just then engage in this other extreme where everyone is magic and full of excellence. That's not true. I saw someone the other day tweet such horrible transphobic things. I don't see that as excellence, no. You know, it's like, that, that was also like the other thing that came up, but that's a discussion for another day. Womanhood and femininity and all of that. And I was just like, y'all doing and you know i have been trying to stay away from this tl but it's like we can be all these things and like i i love the idea of black excellence but sometimes i'm so sick of it because it's like unless we are lawyers unless we are supreme court justices unless we're presidents we're kings and queens we're not deserving of anything and that's not white people are out here being as mediocre as they can and they get it bro They're out here being as, as I said, as mediocre as they can be. And they're out here getting everything and more. We don't have to be, we don't have to be all of this and more to just have basic human rights. We don't have exactly. to. And we don't want to push that out there. Because this Herbert guy also, you know, the, the one with, at the park with the white woman and the dog. Mm-hmm. Or the El- Elijah McLean, whoever yeah. was, who he sang to. Was it dogs that he sang to or cats? He sang in an animal shelter or something. Like, he was really, he was artistically blessed, unlike some of us. But it's like, these are all amazing things. But that man could have been anything. He could have been a thief. He didn't deserve to die like that. Exactly. Not for the color of his skin. He didn't deserve that. You know, it's like all these exceptionalism that we try to engage in. It's like, no, we have to allow room for Black folks to be mediocre. And that's what Beyonce is contributing to. Like, she's painting this picture that, like, we're only deserving of humanity just because um, we're kings kings and queens. Not everybody was a king and queen. Some of y'all were farmers, and that's okay. (laughs) And it's chill. 
classmates, cousins, and that's okay. You know? And it's like black women don't always have to be strong. Mm -hmm. That's why we're being killed in the hospital because they think no pain can Exactly. Exactly. I super support black mediocrity, guys. Like, let us just be. That we don't think we're prepping up or contributing to, but in some way we are. It might not be overt, but when we're all doing it as a collective, it has real life consequences. Mm. Wow, that, I don't know. I'm so torn. I, I don't think I'll see it. I think it's what I am going to keep up with the conversation on this show, but I don't know. I don't think I want to see that movie. It I have a question, that. actually. The question that I wanted to ask earlier on was that, because this has been happening, even like throughout, like, I think it's just been a thing that's been common, kind of. But like more so now that we're like basically forced to engage in social media because we're all sitting at home and doing nothing. Um, the idea that celebrities, and also because there's so many protests and everything. Um, but like on, even with Beyonce, the expectation that she should have she should use her voice to say something that is meaningful and accurate and that moves people forward, right? Like she should be an activist. Is there an expectation that celebrities should be an act, should be activists, do you think? Hmm. Or is it because like, okay, if your art is like talking about this specific part of black culture, we expect you to speak about it because you have profited off of it kind of thing. So I think first things first, art is political as a mm-hmm. friend once, and that friend is you. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you forgot, art is political. And when you're saying, so you're asking if, so wait, are you asking if it's fair to expect celebrities to be activists or are you asking if there is this expectation that they become activists? I think, yeah, the first one, like, is it fair to expect them to be, like, do we want Beyonce to be this kind of person who's very aware and very conscious of, like, the things that she does? Mm-hmm. Well... So, (laughs) I think it is very true and very, so, what am I trying to say? There is this expectation that people in positions of power and influence, like celebrities, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means they should become activists, but there's this expectation that they speak up. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it is necessarily wrong to ask of them to speak up because as you say, one, they are profiting off of black culture. They're Mm -hmm. profiting off of the black community. So when issues arise that deal or that concern the black communities, when issues arise that are detrimental to the black community, such as police brutality, I mean, what have you, I think they, I think the expectation that they should speak up is there, it's valid and it's fair. Mm -hmm. I do. 
Now, I may change my mind along the line. I don't know. But for now, here and now, that's what I do think. I think you cannot have such power, such influence, like the Kanye West, like the Jay-Z's, mm-hmm. like Beyonce, and not take it upon yourself in the very least to produce art that is not only, a- that is accurate, you know, or close mm-hmm. you, at least try to get it as accurate or as representative as you can. Because again, their words carry much more power. Beyonce saying something holds much power and much influence than someone like me, for example, an average show saying mm-hmm. anything. You know, so I think it, 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 as they say, with power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. I do think they'd be responsible and held accountable for what they produce. Because they're mm-hmm. not just Yes, there are people, but they're not, they're not the ordinary people. And I, I don't, and I understand what folks are trying to say when they make statements like that. Like celebrities are just people. Yes, they're not, but they're not everyday people. Mm-hmm. They come with the power and the influence to make, to get certain things moving that the average person cannot, particularly when we're speaking of marginalized communities, black community, particularly when you're speaking of black people, black culture, the black community. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think there is this expectation that they speak up and I think that expectation is fair and it's valid and not only to speak up but to to not just speak up when it's only convenient yeah I think as we were saying there's not many wealthy influential powerful people within the black community compared to the majority so the very few we have should take it upon themselves to speak up, not speak up for, but speak up with, alongside those who don't have as much power and as much influence. But That's they should. True. You know, I definitely think there's that expectation and I don't think it's unfair. Part of me I, wants them to speak up and actually be well-informed and just be in tune with the overall like, population kind of thing. But then sometimes I'm like, every time they speak up, they just disappoint me. So it's like you ruin this perfect image that I have of you. And now I'm just going to get annoyed when I listen to your music or I look at your ads or whatever, because you said some dumb shit when you, you decided to speak up. So I don't know whether it's like, I'm like, ah, sometimes you should have just kept quiet. Like you really no. don't have to contribute no. to this conversation. Who really should have just up there and ate the food? <laughs> exactly. That is true. That is correct. But I, I think I think it's also saying that celebrities, black celebrities, because when we speak of white people and that whole mess that they call activism sometimes. <laughs> that was- <laughs> day. child all the singing and all the performative um performative gestures i guess performative activism that they engage in when it comes to black issues when it comes to racism i am so sick of it i'm honestly so sick of it but i do think i think black celebrities i don't think it's necessarily fair because i because the same isn't expected for white celebrities however mm-hmm. We are, the Black community is a historically marginalized community in this country. And of course, it isn't fair that Beyonce is expected to speak up, 
and do all these things when a Charlize Theron isn't that isn't expected of her you know it's like mm-hmm. there's this, it, it it's not fair it's the same thing when we say black students black kids are expected to perform over yeah. and be get into the same space as white mediocre students get into yeah and so I, I, in that regard, obviously, it's, it's, not, it's not fair. You know, like Black people, those who make it and those who don't carry a lot, carry a burden that the majority don't, that white people don't in this country. But when we're looking at interrace relations, <laughs> no, intra, I think intra is what I within the Black community. But I think when we're speaking like Black and Black people, from between from one black person to the other, I think they should they should do it. I think it's fair for black folks to expect that of them. It's not fair for the world too, but it's fair that we expect our so-called black leaders, whether they're self-proclaimed or by virtue of their wealth and class status, black leaders. But I, I think it's fair that they're expected to like speak up. Now, when they speak up, you might not like what they say. And I think not only should they speak up, they should take the time to, you know, educate themselves before speaking up. Not be so out of touch when they do speak up. I I do think you're right in that regard. Like some of them speak up and it's like, oh my God. Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh my God, you should have kept your mouth shut because I don't know what it is that you're saying. Yep, and we have seen a lot of them. I mean, like the Terry Crews in them. It's like, sir, sir. You really should have just, like, no one was paying you no mind. Hectic. Very. It's very, very hectic. To your point, and to sort of, like, my final point, I Mm -hmm. do think Black people in positions of power, such as Beyonce, should definitely be more... What would I want to... What would I want to say? Would Be more careful Mm -hmm. when or when representing African culture and African tradition or African history within their art productions, within their art forms. Because I think there was a misrepresentation could be potentially more harmful than anything, more harmful to the cause or whatever cause they think they're trying to push. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly when coming from someone like a Beyonce, like a Jay-Z, like a Kanye and all of that. And to your point... Um, you definitely should not forget that the power dynamic is unequal. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is a global hegemony and that being an American in this world holds a bit more power than being an African. Whatever, do with that information what you may. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole thing about cultural appropriation, why it's so offensive when we're looking at for example white people and black people is that sort of history that grants them that power that marginalized communities do not have so mm-hmm. we should not forget when we're speaking of the ways in which african americans interact or engage with african culture and african history or tradition um really i i, I think i'm one of those people who share those sentiments and like i i would want to hear what everyone else has to say folks who are listening to us if you have anything to add but i definitely do think as a continent and we, as africans we have bigger fish to fry in present day africa like our people are suffering mm-hmm. and, and i am one of those people who i am here for like 
you know, like representing us or presenting us the world in our many different wonders, in our many different beauties that we have as a continent. But we should not negate, we should not, you know, diminish or like push to the side the harsh realities the majority of us face back home as women, you know, as Africans and particularly as African women and mm-hmm. children. We are saying, you know, like across the continent, like gender-based violence skyrocketing everywhere in our face. We definitely have bigger fish to fry. And we need to just sort of, we need to start thinking of ways. And I know a lot of people have been, a lot of people have been marching. A lot of people have been protesting, like folks that have been out here doing the work. And I'm not talking about those folks. I'm talking about the rest of mankind. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we, need, we need, you know, like we need to amplify our voices when people are speaking up against the injustices we face back home. Because... To everybody else, that's our problem. And it wouldn't matter how many times we would give solidarity to folks outside of the continent. When it comes to issues affecting us, it's our leaders and our problem. And I don't think that, but I definitely, I don't know, maybe as we go along, we would come across people with different views and people with different, I guess, perspectives. But the ones I have seen so far on Twitter are just downright ignorant, unoffensive from the African-American side. And I know not all of them think that way, but the few that I have seen, it's like that ignorance cannot go excused. There's no excuse. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what I have to say. I think that's a perfect note to end, honestly. And on that note, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And we hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on our Instagram page, on our Twitter page. Um, I'll give our Instagram page like Social Experiment Podcast. Um, on Twitter, it's Social X Pod. Um, you know, like we're out there, and yeah, I'll probably put the link up somewhere. But like, please follow, please engage. We love hearing what you guys thought. And this was such a fun episode. And just like, let us know what you think. Do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? That's cool. We'll just wait to hear what you guys say. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Yay.